You're listening to The Room Block Podcast, a series of conversations with compelling professionals from the world of events and hospitality. I'm your host, Jen Salerno. I've spent the last 20 years in different facets of the industry, working alongside a variety of people that have one common goal, to serve our customers by creating memorable experiences. Now, I want to share with you the passions, inspirations, and challenges of the individuals who make it happen. In each episode, we'll hear insight and perspective from two guests that fill some of the many roles within this incredible industry. Welcome to The Room Block, and enjoy your stay. Hello, Room Block Podcast listeners. Thank you so much for joining me for episode number 10. I'm so excited to be at this milestone. It seems like I've come a long way since I've started, and I'm just really happy to be at this point. I remember when I first started thinking that I would be so excited when I got to the point where I felt more comfortable with everything, and it is so nice to finally be here. So thanks for joining me, and thanks for listening up to this point. I'm very grateful for all of you. Since I've started the podcast, it's funny because I think about my original intent and Things have kind of morphed and changed as I've gone through the process, which makes sense. You know, it's a brand new thing. It's going to evolve and it's going to evolve from here as well. But originally, my whole intent was to have conversations with compelling professionals from our industry, industry of events and hospitality. But then seeing how things have been in the industry, I realized that not only should I have conversations with industry people, but also people that can serve those in our industry. And that is why today I'm bringing you an episode that does not necessarily focus on two people that were specifically in the events and hospitality industry. And if I'm honest, today's episode is not necessarily only for people in the events and hospitality industry in the first place. Today's episode is for the job seekers It's for the hiring managers, the recruiters, the people who have jobs and maybe aren't happy with them, people who are friends of people who are job seekers. I mean, honestly, anybody who has been touched by or is affected by some kind of workplace displacement in general can benefit from this episode today. So while we do have one person from the events and hospitality industry, Joanne Chimura, my second guest is... A gentleman by the name of Ephraim Yarmak, and he is not. But the project that he's going to discuss on the show, which is called 1000 Hires, is so important and it is such a benefit to so many job seekers out there, of which there are so many in the events and hospitality industry right now, that I could not help but invite him on the show. And Joanne is somebody that he was able to work with and help. And so I figured what a perfect pair to bring to you today. And I'm proud to say that I also had a chance to work with Ephraim on uh, his project that he's going to talk about. And it was a great experience. So I highly recommend it. And I'm very excited for you to hear all about it. So without further ado, let's hear from Joanne Chimura and Ephraim Yarmak. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Room Black Podcast. We are actually on episode 10, so it's an exciting milestone for me, Um, which is why this is a very special episode. I'm excited to present to you today two folks that are, well, I guess I should say I found them both on LinkedIn, (laughs) which is a venue that's connecting a lot of us these days. But um, the reason that I wanted to invite these two people on the show today is because As you know, a lot of my listeners are from the events and hospitality industry, and we are really suffering right now. Um, The industry has been hit very hard. Everyone knows that. And what I wanted to do was bring two guests on today that are going to share some positive stories and to bring some, I think, some hope and some problem solving into the into the environment of what's happening. So today we have with us Joanne Chimura, who is Client Services Manager, and we have Ephraim Yarmak, who is the founder of 1000 Hires. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you. We're, I know I'm excited to be here, and I'm excited to see Ephraim again after my 1000 Hires interview. So 
um, happy to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. It's an honor, Joanne. It's good to see you, and congratulations on that. And Janice, thank you so much for having me on your incredible, incredible show. And definitely delighted to, you know, if I'm able to provide any wisdom to someone to uplift them during this period of time, then can't be more excited for that. Perfect. Well, so I'll explain how I mentioned that I found uh, both Joanne and Ephraim on LinkedIn. And so how it happened was that um, Joanne has been a very active participant in the LinkedIn community throughout the past eight months during this, this pandemic time. And she she kept us going, you know. Joanne she would post things, uh, motivational posts, giving just I think a lot of the job seekers hope. And then one day I saw that she posted that she found a job, and it was so exciting. And and I I really felt happy for her. And she mentioned in her post she thanked a gentleman named Ephraim Yarmack and mentioned this one thousand hires. I looked a little bit more into it and I was really impressed with what I saw. So that's why these two individuals are with me today and that's kind of their connection. So before we get too far, let's just start with explaining exactly who each of you are and and what really what one thousand hires is. And so Ephraim, would you care to start? Give us a little sure. background on who you are and how you came to have this incredible project? One hundred percent. So my name is, like you mentioned, Ephraim. I'm from Brooklyn, New York, in a, a town, in a place called Crown Heights. I am the oldest of nine siblings. You know? Wow. So yeah, big, large family, um, incredible, beautiful family, most amazing parents possible. They did a great job and um, so much gratitude for that. So, you know, a thousand hires, you know, I was that entrepreneurial type of spirit kid. You know, I was a kid that went to Costco with my parents, brought things back, bought it at a host over there, brought it back to my class and sold it, to, you know, at a double the price. And I've always been constantly doing things like that. Um, to tried multiple different entrepreneurial ventures over the course of, um, so for my short career in life until now. And, um, you know, before, before Corona, I was actually working at another technology startup, heading up the demand generation here in the U.S. market. And they were a foreign company, a company based out of the out of the U.S. that was looking to expand over here. And then obviously the pandemic hit, and I was laid off during um, May. In May, I was laid off. And you know, a few of the things I realized, and there's so many tips, you know, going through that layoff process, you know, how to you know manage it and things like that. But that's I think we'll have that conversation probably soon. But you know, to, for a thousand hires purpose right now, what I realized is that when someone gets laid off, multiple things happen. You know, first thing is obviously they become demoralized. Um, the second thing is also lack of self-confidence. And this is not something that just affects them. It affects their family. It affects their friends. It affects their community. They're not active members or participants of society. And a whole train of events is able to come down, you know. And you realize a lot of these type of times when we get laid off, people are like, they start beating themselves up and start overthinking the situation. Could I have done something different? And over replaying multiple different types of scenarios. So I was thinking, what can I do in order to empower these people, empower people, you know, you know, in their job search, you know, let them know first of all they're not alone. You know, reinstill, you know, put back some type of, you know, reinstill back their confidence and be let them be able to go back to their family, their friends, and community, and start being active members of society, and you know, and be, empower them in their job search. So I figured, let me go and one literally one day I was sitting around and this light bulb went off saying, why don't a video interview? You know, people looking for the job. And that way, we're able to really share their story for who they are. Because I'm very firm believer that everything, everyone is beyond, is above the resume. The resume is just a piece of paper. Like you know, no one knows. Like Joanne, for example, has such an incredible story about a whole determined what she stands for, and you know, especially her um, her personal project and um, her mission. You know, I'm sure she'll talk about that soon. And you know, for women's rights, it's most you can't have that on a resume. You know. Um, mm -hmm. It's like, so if you share those stories, you're able to connect with them. I figured, so I, let's share people's stories and then put it on LinkedIn using network effect of LinkedIn. And that way people spread it around. And when you spread it around, multiple companies could come across and watch the videos and um, and be able to connect with them. And that was the whole entire thing. And literally, I had the idea, started an hour later, the same exact day. And it just took off from there. And then obviously one thing happened after the next. We were able to build a beautiful community out of it where people are constantly helping each other. Um, through multiple everything from referrals to doing resume reviews, market reviews, and multiple things like that, we were able to build an incredible team, incredible platform. Multiple things happen, and what we realized is our mission is just threefold. A thousand hours mission is empowering people in their job search, creating leaders, and then paying it forward. Um, you know, it's what we stand for. So it started off, you know, myself not knowing what I was going to do next in my job search. 
um, thinking, you know, what take this time to help people, you know, in their job search, which ended up leading to this whole community of people helping people in their job search, you know, so that's what it's all about. And that's what we are. Excellent. Well, I can't think of a better way to get through a tough time of your own than by giving back to other people. Um, I mean, that's part of the reason that I started the podcast because um, it was another, you know, just a way for me to deal with my own grief and, and distress about losing my job. So I, I totally understand. Sure. So Joanne, how about you? Tell us your story in the events industry and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Um, I didn't always start out in the events industry and I, I, I will back it up by also saying um, I was raised, I'm one of only two children. I have a brother, but growing up, I did have a lot of cousins and family was everything. Sundays at my grandmother's, everyone getting together. And, you know, it was, it was a very humble lifestyle. My dad worked a few jobs to keep us in the town that we were in because it was very important for him and to both of my parents. So I think the work ethic was instilled in me from a very young age. It, there was never a sense of entitlement. You earned what you had, and that was always very important to me. I got into the events industry kind of um, by accident. I was at one job and a friend of mine worked at a health insurance company and she had mentioned to me that there was an, a position available, but there wasn't really a, a definition around it. It was a team leader position within the marketing department. And I remember going on my interview and a little funny story about my last name, a cousin of mine is, or was a Green Bay Packer. So the person that I was interviewing with was a huge Green Bay Packer fan and asked me if um, my cousin indeed was on the team. And I said that he was, and immediately you're hired, which, <laughs> you know, it, it was one of those things that I was thinking, well, what am I hired to do exactly? And then the position evolved over time. Um, there really wasn't a central meetings department. And it was just something that I took and saw a need to, to bring advisory councils together and, and a community of our, our brokers and working within our sales and marketing department, just taking that and, and growing it. Eventually moved on to one of our competitors because that's what would happen in the industry and the position grew even further. I did get caught up in the recession 10 years ago, so I am not a stranger to losing your job at very crucial times in our, in our world's history. I was laid off for quite some time, a couple of years, and I did some freelance work. And I was also on a travel advisory board with someone who worked at my former company that I was laid off during COVID. And we were going around the room talking about where everyone was. And I said, I'm, I'm out of a job. And this particular person had reached out and said, give me a call, went on an interview a couple of days later, got the job. And I was with Merit's Global Events for a little over six years when COVID happened. So as we all know, you know, you're moving, you're going so fast, lightning speed, everything's happening. You don't have a spare minute, but you love it because that's what we do. Anyone that's in the meetings industry, we, we live and breathe it. It's in our DNA. It makes us happy to make other people happy. So there, there are these stages of mourning your position that everyone forgets to go through. It is like a death. I hate to say it, but it is. And you have to mm -hmm. go through those stages of, of grief of anger, there's disbelief and you have to lean on other people. And that's, that's what I started to do. And just really seeking out people that I could help and could help me. And then when I was on LinkedIn, which I'm a huge fan of, uh, first, before I came across thousand hires, there was a project called 10,000 headshots. And that group had professional photographers that would um, go to different cities throughout the country and they would have some studio time. People would go in that were unemployed and they would get new headshots. So 
there was a confidence boost right there. Most of us were out of work. They didn't, we didn't know how long unemployment was going to last. So the last thing that was on my mind was being able to afford a professional photographer to, to get a new headshot applying for all these jobs. So that was, you know, confidence booster number one and going through the process and hundreds of resumes and, and searching for jobs. There were several recruiters that had reached out and said, Hey, I don't have anything, but here's some suggestions on how you could work a little more effectively on LinkedIn um, and really just be real, be authentic and don't be afraid to tell your story. And part of being a survivor of COVID is not being afraid to tell your story and where you came from. And we've talked about this a little bit. Um, I am who I am because I am also a domestic violence survivor. That has given me the, the courage and the strength to, to pursue not only my dreams, but helping other people who are afraid to speak up for themselves and don't know how to look for that job or where they can go um, because they've been beaten down by COVID. They've been beaten down by rejection letter after rejection letter and sometimes no letter, you know, six, seven, eight interviews, and then they'll be ghosted. Um, along comes Ephraim and his project, which for me, getting in front of a camera is not my strength. Uh, it definitely getting out of my comfort zone and he made it so easy and comfortable. And I've tried to encourage other people to do this because even if you don't get a job because of the interview, you are feeling good about yourself and you're feeling good that there are people listening to your story and believing you and believing that you can do it. You're not alone. We've heard this a thousand times. You know, we're in this together. You're not alone. It's more than just words. And when someone reaches out to you and says, let me help you, let them help you. They're not saying it. They're not empty words. So I can't stress that enough for those people that are in the industry, our hospitality partners, our meeting planners. We've all had to reinvent ourselves. We have to find a different way to look for jobs and be our own advocate. That's been the hardest part. Also identifying, you know, what, what do I want to do when I grow up? And how do I, how do I combat ageism? Because it's no secret. I'm, you know, I'm a 60 year old female. I'm not a prime candidate for a lot of companies because many companies will look at someone in a certain age range and they can't say it, but they will look at you and say, you know, you don't have a lot of years left in this industry and take a hard pass, which is very unfortunate. I encourage employers to really, again, don't look at the resume, look at the person you're hiring, look at their drive, their determination, their willingness to succeed and give people a chance. I, I don't know if that's making any sense, but it's, it's so important for me to to take my story, to help other people. Uh, I was fortunate to work for a company that had a platform of combating human trafficking. So I was on our human trafficking task force. All of this pivots into who I am as a person and what I want to do. And, and the company I currently work for is all about its culture. And it is dedicated to helping one another and realizing if you're having a bad day how everyone can pitch in and help each other. So I encourage people, don't just look at the job description. Just like we don't want someone to look at just our resume, don't look at the job description. Investigate that company. Look at the people that are there and how you can work together and be a part of a culture that makes sense to you. How fortunate that you've landed at a company today that is so in line with your core values. And and it's so great that Ephraim was able to be a part of helping you understand what your values are and where they lie and how they translate. So, I mean, it, 
you're right. It it really it takes a village to make all of this happen and to make all of this work. It's 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 about the community. Well, Ephraim, Joanne kind of talked a little bit about how she came to be passionate about helping others. You kind of explained a little bit of it too. But can you think of any pivotal moment in your life that has kind of made you the person that you are today that has made you so passionate about about helping others? Hmm. Well, I think first, Joanne, I think the next time someone like starts giving playing the ages in, age, I guess, on you, I think you should whip out your Brazilian jiu-jitsu skills and challenge them to a match. Muay Thai kickboxing. <laughs> Muay Thai kickboxing, that's what it was, right. Oh. <laughs> so next time someone says you too, all said, hey, I challenge you to that, to a Muay Thai kickboxing, and if I win you, then I get, you know. <laughs> I get the job. I get the I job. I enjoyed it <laughs> on the island. <laughs> There you go. The Do energy of a twenty-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's, it goes back to like this. You know, I'm a firm believer, and this is obviously from you know my personal values and the way I was raised, which is a multi and the way the community I grew up in, is that you know we're not put on this world for the 120 years God willing that we live, or 180 years, even even luckier. Um, to <laughs> I like that positivity. <laughs> <laughs> to think about you know. What is in it for me? The way to help yourself is by helping another person and doing something for another. And when you do that, it returns back to you so much more. But you're not doing it for you to, to, for it to return back to you. You're doing it because you generally want to help somebody. And when you, when you really help somebody, you help yourself too. And, you know, it goes back to everything else. Like, you know, so my values are always brought up in, you know, for example, giving charity to the poor. It's, you know, inviting people to your home for a meal. Um, you know, what could you do for a friend? And, you know, loving, your, loving your neighbor as you love yourself. All these types of things. And so we grew up with these values instilled in us from a young age. So at the time when I'm at this age, right, I've been doing this for such a long time. It's not something that I, I doing, I'm doing. It's something that's part of me. Something who I am. Mm-hmm. So... And this is just the, this is the way we grew up. We always had, you know, and I got this from, from my parents and from being surrounded by it constantly, um, from my community around there of constantly doing for the uh, constantly doing for the other. So and so my and this is not just and this is not just and this was before thousand hires. I mean, a thousand hires, the whole, the value system of thousand hires is my own personal value system of helping someone else, create, constantly paying it forward, constantly giving, encouraging people to do something for another person. Because when that happens, it's able to spread around multiple other times all around. And like, you know, a lot of times if you think about it, like, you know, for example, I'm just a small kid from Brooklyn thinking, you know, how can I make a bigger impact in the world? And it's not, a, you know, about affecting a billion people. It's about affecting one person. Because when you affect one person, that person goes ahead and affects the next person. And that person goes ahead and affects the next person. And over there, you're creating a chain, rea- a, chain, a chain reaction where you're able to eventually affect a billion people one person at a time. You know, sometimes we think, let's make the biggest splash right away. You're not going to be able to impact so many people right away like that. But when you, connect, when you inspire one person, when you, you, when you light up the flame within them and you ignite that flame, they're, go, they're able to go ahead and ignite the flame in someone else. You know, it's like this thing. One small, a dark room, one small candle can light up a very big dark room. And that's what we're trying to do in a world like this. We're, we're trying to inspire every single individual person for who they are. And when we do that, they go ahead and take the next person over there. That's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think it's great that really the person that you are today, I mean, it, like you said, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't one thing that happened that made the turn on a light and said, hey, this is this is going to be my life's mission now. Um, it just it was a collection of moments throughout your life that that really just made you into this person who you are today, which I guess is the case for a lot of people. But in this case, it's made you a very special person. And I truly think that <laughs> you've helped so many people throughout this and hopefully we are all paying it forward too. <laughs> so, Well, that's right. You know, we all, we're a collection of everything that happened, that happened to us in our, in our life. You know, it's not like all of a sudden there's like a, I mean, you have obviously certain people have certain like, you know, I guess moments in their life that, you know, defines who they are. When something happened, they went through some type of experience or they're able to, whatever it may be. But most times it's all about all the experiences in our life, everything we go through makes us who we become. So every traumatic experience or every single thing is we're able to grow from there, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so true. And, you know, I'm listening to you speak about values and your, you know, how everything came to be. And it made me think of when, when I was a kid. So my dad was a cook 
and a baker in the Navy in World War II. And when I was growing up, he just could never do anything on a small scale. If he was going to make one apple pie, he'd make 20 apple pies and then give give them to the neighbors and, and relatives. And I think that type of experience stuck with me throughout my life. It also was a little bit of a, a blessing and a curse because none of us know how to cook in small batches, right? We, we, just, we cook in large volume and fortunate enough to give it away because it brings a smile to someone's face. And I think it's it's very similar in this environment we're in looking for looking for jobs and helping other people. It is giving away our life experience to people that don't know where to turn, how to begin, who to talk to, you know, where to start. I was a meeting and event manager. How do I reinvent myself? What types of job descriptions am I looking for? Where where do I go? And LinkedIn is truly that community or has been that community for me, but there are a lot of other rocks to look under. And I think I'm a little curious, Ephraim, how many people have been hired in this project? Because I keep seeing every day, I keep seeing more and more people hired. Is there, you know, is there a ticker to a thousand? How close are we? And and when I say we, because I really do feel like it is a community when yeah. you see the videos of our friends and colleagues being posted, we want to share that with our networks. And it is the old, um, there was an old shampoo commercial, right? You tell one friend, they tell another and so on and so on and so on. <laughs> so do we know how many people your project has touched and possibly people receive jobs because of, you know, maybe not directly, but indirectly, they probably have. So the project has touched actually quite right now thousands upon thousands of people. Uh, it's just an amount of messages I receive on a daily basis, not just like people that have been interviewed, but people that are watching it and, you know, people that have started similar stuff, you know, in their own way in order to go ahead and inspire their community of friends. Interviews were over 600 already. Wow. Um, Amazing. Yeah. And then from there, we're going to go to 1,000 to 10,000 to 50,000 to 100,000 and more. Um, people that have gotten hired, I think the correct number at, as a date is like 103 or something, 104 or something like that. So we have like a pretty good, you know, and like you said, a lot of it is it's a combination of direct people coming, watching videos and mm -hmm. indirect where people passed on, things like that, multiple things over there at that end. Well, and then there's, like you said, Joanne, the, the confidence issue. I, I want to go back to that for a second mm -hmm. because that really plays a huge part in in surviving, I would say, oh. this this process. You know, whether or not you have a job, <laughs> like just going through what everyone's gone through the past eight months is challenging in itself to just to try to stay up and to try to keep yourself positive. Um, but, you know, much worse if you're having um, job challenges, which so many people are. Um, and even on your best days, it can be hard to to find that confidence that reminds you that, you know, you, you are worthy, even if you don't have a job title attached to your name right now. Oh, it, exactly. And, you know, it's hard to maintain the focus. You you get through the week and it's almost when we used to look forward to weekends. And I know there's so many people that are feeling that, well, I have to log back in on the weekend because I, I don't want that job to slip by me. And and I know during the eight months, I was afraid to take a moment for myself because I didn't want to miss a potential opportunity. There are jobs that I would apply to that had not hundreds of people, but over a thousand people applying for one job. And I, I don't think people who haven't been, because there are, let's face it, there are people out there who have not been affected by job loss. They've been affected by COVID in many different ways, whether their families are first responders or on front lines um, or have had loved ones that have been negatively impacted by this pandemic. But until you are out there day in and day out looking for that job, there it's very difficult to understand. And people are met with other family members and friends saying, 
you've got a huge network of people. You'll be fine. And I remember 10 years ago going through this and hearing that over and over. Joanne, you've got this amazing network. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. If there's not a job out there for you, there's just not a job out there. And and fine, the word fine is just such such a, um, I feel, an empty word for people who are searching for a job because there's this loneliness and this feeling of desperation and you combine that with a pandemic and being confined to your house, not being able to see your family, not being able to travel. It's a really tough place to be, but I think it's so important for people to understand if they are on that fringe of questioning their existence, you matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important to, to just, like, like you said, ask for help or reach out. Yeah. We, we've talked about various challenges over the last eight months and, and things, things that we clearly have been difficult for, for us or for what we imagine to be difficult for other people. But do either of you want to speak to anything that's kept you, that's been inspiring or motivating over the past eight months? Anything that, that has kept the light on? Uh, the light on, uh, you know, I think, well, my family, my, the friends that I've made along the way and reconnected with, the ability to believe in myself, and again, the confidence that I've gained from doing the video interview, and knowing that, you know, I, I, we all keep saying it, we're in this together. I know that I didn't do anything to create this job loss all of the job seekers out there, it's not your fault. And I think that message, hearing that over and over and over again has kept the light on for me. And knowing that there are people that care about me and that love me. And again, knowing that I mattered and no matter what happened, there was always someone that had my back whether it was a you know an industry colleague a friend that's what continues to keep the light on for me and i hope that i can do that for people and i really and truly mean this from my heart and soul if someone needs to talk and they're feeling a struggle they should reach out because everyone is so important and your light should not be extinguished for any reason there is always an answer. There is always a solution. So that that's my most important message to anyone that might be listening. It's very generous of you to, to offer that helping hand or ear to listen or shoulder to cry on because you understand you've been there. And it's okay to cry. It is. Mm-hmm. It's okay to cry. It's okay to, you know, scream, go outside. It's okay. You can do that. You're normal. You're a human being. We are not robots. We are not machines. It's okay to do that. Yes. You know, crying is one of the most beautiful emotional things possible. You know, it's just not just a thing of relief, but it's so vulnerable, so pure, so amazing. Crying from a sad place or from a happy place or just for, you know, crying is such a beautiful thing. And, you know, we run away from our emotions and our vulnerability and it's okay to feel and okay to experience. And knowing that when we do an experience and we do feel, either to tap into it and invite it in within you to see what it's telling you, or just know that it's only one part of you. It's not full of you. And, you know, invite it into your, into your, you're a host of your own emotions. Invite it in, you know, experience it or give it a seat at the table so you can go ahead and, and feel it. But you mentioned so many incredible things, Joanne, so many incredible things. And, you know, like the first thing is, is like, you know, one of the biggest things facing our, our, our generation these days in general is loneliness, people feeling alone. And people have to know that they're not alone. That there's, there's always a helping hand. It could be their family, their neighbor, or if they're struggling with something, they can reach out to a support network, a support group. There's always somebody somewhere out there for them. And they have to know that whatever type of support they need, it's out there. They can reach out. You know, just they just have to pick up the phone and call. I never feel like, you know, a lot of times people feel like, you know, no one else is going to get me. No one's going to understand me. I'm the only one going through this. Don't feel like that because there's someone else experiencing just what you're experiencing always go at that end. 
Um, so it's a really powerful, and especially, you know, related, I guess, to the job search, you know, with this, we're keeping with discussions around, you know, I think people have to know that a job is just a job, meaning it's not who they are, it's what they do. And a lot of times growing up in, in, in America and in our society, you know, we, we it's very hard to distinguish both of them. You know, our, our entity, our identity comes intertwined with the job. You know, people meet you for a second, oh, right away, oh, what do you do, you know? It, I am more, way more than my job, and we have to know that the job is just what we do. It's not who we are. Who we are is we're beautiful people trying to make a contribution into this world. We're people that have a beautiful families. We're people that care about others. We're people that are community oriented. People that want to make striving to make a difference. A job is what helps me, you know, bring food onto my table to help me to support all these other things. But it's not who I am at my core, because jobs come and the jobs go. And that's that's you know reality, and you know having keeping a job for long, keeping a job long, we have to know that it doesn't determine your success success factor. You as a human being here in this world and contribution, and we have to constantly remind ourselves and we can't beat ourselves up for you know not performing well. Obviously, you have to you know try to do your best, but like we have to constantly remind ourselves that, and you know so so many great and the other things you mentioned, incredible points in that end, like all those things. You know, as job seekers, you know, people, that, you know, like you said, you take it the weekends because you're afraid you might lose that job. You know, it's okay to, you know, not go at full time, full force. I know everyone's experiencing that. Like, you know, if I just do one more thing, one more thing, then I might get that one more thing. Totally. One more thing, one more application. I'm going to stay. And then before you know, it's 4 a.m. in the morning because, and he sent out 170, whatever the applications. You know, most times what I've realized so far, and I, not just myself, but speaking to other people, is that. Things come from unexpected places, you know, your job, this or that, you know, it's not, it's going to come from like, you, you'll connect to someone that you haven't connected in years and all of a sudden you'll be like, wait, I have a job for you or, you know, come from unexpected places and other things that you never expected. So don't, you know, go, don't go hard on yourself thinking that it's going to happen. You know, one more thing, sometimes it could happen. But most times it will come in the le- it comes at the least expected time when you're ready to about to give up and you know, all, you think you feel like you exhausted all your options. All of a sudden, somebody from left field comes about and you get opportunity. You obviously doesn't mean to sit back on, you know, sit back and, and do nothing. No, you have to do the work. But remember, don't beat yourself up. Don't go hard. And the right things will come at the right time and all that. Exactly. Well, it's like mm-hmm. what Joanne said about when you had your previous um, pause in, in job when during the recession and, and you were in the, in the group and in, out of nowhere came that job offer there. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was yeah. exactly what you're speaking to, Ephraim. Mm-hmm. So another thing that, that this book made me think of is, you know, people who who are working or, or it's always talk about, you know, self-care and taking the time out for yourself. But I guess I never really thought about how that is such a challenge for people who are in the job search as well. Like that, that you know, that need for, checking in on the weekend and that kind of thing and t- until you said it and I realized that I do the same thing <laughs> you know and and it's hard I think part of it is because you're like blending that home you know you're home all the time right so it's just really easy to go up and, and check on the computer and, and get back to what you were doing something you know an email or whatever it may be but there there are times at night where I'm like Jen like it's 10 30 like shut it down <laughs> you know like if you're you think you're supposed to stop now and, and rest it'll be there in the morning it it will and those i think you know there probably are people that are listening saying well it's easy for you to say because you found a job my unemployment had ended and the panic was starting to set in and there were a couple of other opportunities that had pre- presented themselves and they just were not going to be right for me. And I've talked to so many people that have said, you know, I have this this offer and I'm afraid to say no, but I just know I'm not going to be successful at it. And I know it's not a good fit. And really and truly at the end of the day, if it's not a good fit, you're not going to be happy. They're not going to be happy. We beat ourselves up. We We have so much guilt over not accepting something we have to realize our own worth and our own value. You know, the message to the employers is you want someone who is going to be dedicated and loyal to you. So treat them that way. Treat them exactly the way you would want to be treated because you want them to stay. You don't want someone to 
to take a job just to take a job, only to start looking when the world opens up again. And it will. The world will open up again. Mm. I think people need to be very cautious about how they treat job applicants. Anyone could be in this position, whether it be a CEO, a you know CFO, any owner of a company, anybody could be in the position of looking for a job. So just treat people the way you want to be treated. It's the golden rule and it's an important message. And, and unfortunately, we're not running the world and we're not running these big companies or even small companies. So we're only doing our small little part but it's the message that we can deliver as human beings to other human beings to to just be kind and and care about people. Well, there's been so many good messages and positive thoughts that you've both brought up and said throughout this conversation. I think you both and I think the audience is really going to take away some some good feelings, some good ideas from what you've both said, but is there any additional message or, or parting words that you would say to the job seekers out there as we wrap up 2020, coming to the end, <laughs> end of this year? You know, and it's funny because I feel like a lot of people are like, yes, I just want to get to 2021. And like, you know, for a lot of people, it's not going to really be that different on January 1st. <laughs> I mean, it'll be a new calendar year, but a lot of people will still be in the same place. So, what what should people be doing to to just keep going and this year strong start next year with with hope i think my final message would be believe in yourself i say it over and over and over again don't give up give yourself a break self care self love and reach out i i can't stress that enough don't be afraid to reach out if you're you pick up that phone or you start writing that text message or email, just pick up the phone. And for the people that have gotten jobs and you are working, do that daily five-minute check-in with one person, just one person. Check in on one person and encourage that person to do that for someone else because it would and it can and it will make a huge difference in someone's life if you do that. How about you, Ephraim? So I'm um, obviously, you know, Joanne couldn't have said it any better. And, you know, exactly what she said. But to add on to it, I think, you know, based on what she said before, I think jobs you could have to know also. And in general, this is people. No one's better than each other. You know, people are certain places because they worked harder or this or that. But it's not, just because someone's a CEO, founder or something like that doesn't mean they're a better person than you. End of the day, everyone has their human needs. Everyone's, you know, human at the end of the day. No one's immortal. Right, and we constantly have to remember. You have to remember that someone just happened to be there because it, you know, it can be multiple different types of things. So we constantly remember, no one's better than you, and never feel afraid. To, never be afraid to reach out to anybody. Some, even some might think, oh, I can never get a hold of that guy. You never know. Most people are just afraid to try because they, they think they never they don't want to try to go out of the comfort zone. Don't be afraid to go out of your comfort zone. Put yourself in, get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Put yourself in those positions that you're able to grow. But the main thing, like otherwise, the, the party message should be you to stay positive and. You know, there are people out there that want your best and people that really care for you. Um, you know, like mental health, mental care is the most important thing. So make sure you have your, you know, you, you st stick with your daily routine. Even though, yes, it's hard during this time. But make sure you stick with your daily routines from exercising to meditation or some type of form of spirituality. Make sure you keep your friends close and you, you have a support network around you that you can tap into it to derive strength from. Strength from. If you need someone to give you positive uh, words of affirmation, it's okay. Don't think even the most stupid words of affirmation. If you need it, to tap into it and use it. You know, take everything you can and you know make sure to stay positive. And I think a big thing also is that help someone else. You'll be surprised how good you're going to feel. Even though you might feel like, who I'm in such a state of despair. I have nothing going on for me, going right for me. I don't have a job. I don't have this. I promise you, help somebody else, you will feel so much better about yourself. And that will also help you get a job because you'll be in a better state. So don't forget about yourself. You know, it's very difficult, you know, to, you feel, you know, to drop everything else in your life while trying to get that job. Though the most important person in the whole entire world is you, right? And you have to take care of yourself. And doing all those things will help you take care of yourself. And that will help you also get the job. So the message is, you know, stay positive. Stay strong. You know, don't lose hope. 
um, you know, continue to have faith, continue to and do all those things. And the, the people out there are rooting for you, want your success and everything. Mm-hmm. And everyone, don't forget that Ephraim's talked to like hundreds and hundreds of people <laughs> at this point in time who, who have been in this position, in the job seeker position. And he's, you know, I, I guess that would, that's right, one last question <laughs> for, for yeah. you. Um, what what is something that you've seen after talking to so many hundreds of people? I mean, do you feel that they have hope? Do you feel like you you're finding you're finding generally good positive attitudes out there? So yeah, so two, one thing. So first, I think by now I've spoken over you know between recording and not recording, I've spoken to over close to two thousand people already in the in past five months. Um, you know, not everything was, a lot of people, you know, just are scheduling time for a message of hope and things like that, just to connect and not everyone is doing the recording part. So oh. I spoke to around that. Yeah. Um, my, so I speak to around 20 people a day, almost, um, oh sometimes more, sometimes less. Yeah. But average around there. Um, people, one of the biggest beautiful blessings about Corona, you know, as my COVID and as long as, as, you know, as devastating as it was, was it brought people together. And you saw so many incredible things happen of humanity coming together, of people helping their neighbors out, people helping each other out. Everything from supply, free food to supplies being delivered to people helping the elderly and people, you know, helping this and that. One of the most beautiful things to happen. You know, a lot of times, you know, we, we were on a pace that we were losing touch of ourselves. You know, we we're so involved in technology and all individualism that we were forgetting about the rest of the world, everything that was happening. And then all of a sudden, like this whole thing, this small little, tiny little thing, COVID, Tiny as this, it's really, <laughs> takes the whole entire world and throws it upside down, you know? And it really taught us a lesson saying that we think with science and with everything we're in control, we can, you know, technology advances so much, we're able to, you know, we're not, sometimes we just realize we're not in control. Like, so one small little thing threw up everyone's plans. What brought out was that we're all connected in this world. We're all connected mm-hmm. and we all need each other, we need to help each other out, empower each other. And it's the most beautiful thing to see all these things, initiatives and everything that was coming about through COVID. So people, yes, there's positivity. Yes, there's the most beautiful thing, you know, because there's a beautiful thing that people helping each other. At the end of the day, most people just don't want love. They want connection. They want to be connected to something bigger. And this is what it brought out. So are people going through a hard time? 100%. 100%. But there is hope at the end of the road. And there are tons of people positive. And there are tons of people helping each other out, which is the most beautiful thing. So... You definitely need to stay strong and, you know, and if you ha- you're always going to have people that are negative and, you know, pessimistic and like that. Surround yourself with positive, good quality people. Surround yourself with that and that you'll be able to help you to yourself too. Definitely. Yeah. Well, so for the listeners, if you're interested in having your own 1,000 Hires interview, what, what can they do? They go to 1,000hires.com. They sign up and they build out their profile account. Which you know, we created a new way for awareness for them to create more awareness around themselves. You know, and we're adding new features um, every single week. Where our goal is to empower people in a job search. You know, to make them help them shine through beyond the traditional resume format or everything like that, and beyond you know the blocking the ATS systems and everything. So we're creating different formats for them to get past that and to showcase who they are for a person. You know, for what they stand for, for their values and everything, and. Sign up there, build it up, and over there you'll be able to record, um, you sign up to do an interview. At the same time, we're also eventually launching a, a, a better way how if you want to, you know, even if you have a job, but you want to interview your friend that doesn't have a job, we're creating a format, a very simple format. They're able to just do that in a very simple way that you could go ahead and interview your friend to help them get hired too. And that way you're able to pay it forward and make this whole thing bigger to make a global impact on helping people get hired. Wow. My gosh, you have big plans. <laughs> oh, we're, this is yeah. We have much bigger plans than that. Much bigger. We're right. going to change the world. We're going to make it. Yes, mm-hmm. one person at a time. Yeah, and it's yeah. easy to sign up. It's so easy, listeners. It's really easy. Don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ditto yeah. that. It is really easy. And um, and then even going and filling out your profile online is a great platform. Super easy. So. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I thank yeah. you for that. I thank you. <laughs> Many others. Many others will thank you too. Well, and I thank you both for being on the show today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. A real pleasure and opportunity. And, you know, Joanne, 
congrats again on the job. Thank you. You're going to you. absolutely rock it. Not even a question. Yeah. I give you a lot of credit, Joanne, because like you said, you, you have the job now, but you're still out there on LinkedIn and you're still sending the message of hope and you're still being helpful and sending out different jobs that you see posted. So keep on going. You are you are a light for a lot of people. Well, thank you. And I know I've been, you know, this is week four for me at the job and it's a lot. It's a lot of information. Mm -hmm. It's kind of scary. Um, there are things within this role that are a little bit outside of my comfort zone, but there is a great support system within the company. And I promise I will be um, back at it this weekend on LinkedIn because I'll have more time and more ability to do some searches. And I am thinking of everybody. And I think this Thanksgiving in a couple of days, while it doesn't seem like a lot of people have a great deal to be thankful for. We do because we are all survivors and we're here to help each other. So happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thank, Thanksgiving. You. <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you again to Joanne and Ephraim. It was such a pleasure to speak with them and to learn more about what makes them both such special people. I hope everyone listening is inspired to check out the 1000 Hires Project, either for yourself or to recommend it to somebody in need. Well, that is a wrap on episode 10, and I want to hear from you. Please send feedback, show ideas, comments, questions, and of course, interest in participating to me at roomblockpodcast at gmail.com or send me a message on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you for joining me today and please remember to subscribe to The Room Block so you can continue to join in the conversation.